Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Good morning, Church. Welcome home. For those of you who are first time with us, welcome to the family. We are so glad that you make time to join us this morning. Now, well, for those of you who, are didn't, who didn't know, um, I broke my collarbone last two Sundays and I went for surgery last week and now I'm on the road uh, to recovery. Now, to be honest, um, although that was my first surgery, I wasn't really worried about it. You know, I just like, a little bit nervous yeah, uh, because I don't know what to expect when you go under general anesthetic. Right, this is my first time. So, uh, uh, furthermore, you know uh, what to expect when someone cut you and do something with your bone. Right, so I'm a bit nervous, but at the same time, I have peace and confidence that everything uh, will go well. And yes, indeed, you know uh, everything went well, and I know God is with me, and I know my loved ones are praying for me. So, thank you so much for uh, praying, and uh, yeah, continue to pray. Yeah, I'm recovering. So. First thing that I've learned uh, through this whole thing was many people, you know, can say out loud that they trust God when they are in a difficult situation. But you know, they know that they they said it just to calm themselves, because deep in their heart they have doubt about God. Yeah. So why, you know, it's it's probably because they don't know God personally. They heard about Him. And, 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 and know about, about him, but they don't have personal relationship with God. Yeah, you know, church, our God is a personal God. Amen. Our God is a personal God. And I pray today that your heart will be open and receptive to the word of God. Because today's sermon is about God revealing himself to Pharaoh and the Egyptian through the ten plagues. And I believe the same God is revealing himself to all of us today. Amen. So let's bow our head and pray. Father Lord, thank you for this opportunity for us once again to get as a church, as a family, and help us, oh Father God, to really uh, capture, Lord Father, your message for all of us today. Open our eyes, Lord Father God. Open our ears. Touch our hearts, Lord. Renew us, Lord, from today's sermon. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We are here for your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, the Ten Plagues of Egypt from the book of Exodus is one of the most well-known events from the Bible. Some people are familiar with the details of the plague, uh, but not everyone understands the full impact of that plague on Egypt. And also not everyone really uh, realized the powerful lesson uh, behind this event for our modern world today. Right? Now, I believe when reading uh, the Exodus, especially when we read about the 10 plagues in Egypt, a question that will come to our mind is this. Why God did not reveal His power and His wrath from the beginning of the book of Exodus? You know, why He, he need to go through the 10 plagues? Why He need to like, use Moses? You know? yeah? No, God was not merely trying to deliver his people from bondage. I want you to know that he could have done it with a single you know, snap. That's it. But rather, he chose to deliver his people through 
the many plagues in order to publicly display his character, power, and his glory. The plagues not only decimated Egypt, both um, physically and economically, but more importantly, they decimated them spiritually. Growing up in, growing up in, in East Malaysian BM-speaking church, I have heard many sermons on this, you know, but uh, today I was led by the Holy Spirit to, to dig deeper and see the significance of the ten plagues, not only in the life of the Egyptian, not only in the life of Pharaoh or the Israelites, but in our modern context today. So as I prepare myself for my sermon uh, this morning, I did some readings and research, and I discovered that these ten plagues somehow targeted towards Pharaoh's and uh, the other uh, Egyptian god. Now, it was not mentioned in the Bible, the name of the Egyptian gods that I'm about to share today, but it's worth to mention them briefly for context purposes. So, here's the 10 plagues of Egypt. They were written in chapter 7 to chapter 11 of the book of Exodus. Okay, the first one would be blood, uh, water turned to blood, frogs, nuts, flies, death of livestock, boils, Hell, locust, darkness, death of the first bone. Now, for today's sermon, I will be touching on the first and second plague, which you will see later why the first and the second plague are connected. Right? Now, so let's take our Bible, turn to Exodus chapter 7, Exodus chapter 7, verse 14 to 25. I'm going to read this from uh, the Christian Standard Bible Version. Here we go. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hard. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning. When you see him walking out to the water, stand ready to meet him by the bank of the Nile. Take in your hand the staff that turned into a snake. Tell him, the Lord, the God of Hebrews, has sent me to tell you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness but so far you have not listened. This is what the Lord says. Here is how you will know that I am the Lord. Watch, I am about to strike the water in the Nile with the stuff in my hand and it will turn to blood. The fish in the Nile will die, the river will sink, and the Egyptian will be unable to drink water from it. So the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Take your staff and stretch out your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the rivers, canals, ponds, and all their water reservoirs, and they will become blood. There will be blood throughout the land of Egypt, even in wooden and stone containers. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. In the sight of Pharaoh and his official, he raised the staff and struck the water in the Nile, and all the water in the Nile was turned to blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad, the Egyptians could not drink water from it. There was blood, blood throughout the land of Egypt. Verse 22, But the magicians of Egypt did the same thing by their occult practices. So Pharaoh's heart was hard, and he would not listen to them, so the Lord had said, as the Lord had said, Pharaoh turned around, went into his palace, and did, didn't take even this too hard. All the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink because they could not drink the water from the river. Seven days passed after the Lord struck the Nile. So, I'm going to title my sermon today, 
so you will know that I am the Lord. So you will know that I am the Lord. So these ten plagues is more than just a judgment. It talks a lot about God's character. You know, in verse five, chapter seven, verse five, the Egyptian God says, "The Egyptian will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the Israelites from among them." The word "know" here in Hebrew, okay, the original word is "yadeh," yadeh, which means what? To know, learn to know, to get to know, to discover by experience or to experience. So God wants Pharaoh and Egypt to personally experience His character through the ten plagues. Are you guys following me? Now, so this is something uh, I want to remind us of God's character once again. Our God is a personal God. He wants us to know Him on a personal level, not just know about Him through the sermons, through books, but really experience Him in our daily life. That's our God. Amen. Now, in chapter 7, verse 3, God told Moses that he will harden Pharaoh's heart. And you will see many times throughout uh, these uh, 10 plagues how God actively acting in hardening Pharaoh's heart. Now, here's the question. Why and how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Yeah. So, I'm going to start with first one. Why? No. Why did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Simple. So that him, Pharaoh, know that he is not God and only Yahweh, God, the Almighty God, are the one and only God to, who, who rule over the earth. Okay, that's why. Yeah, so that Pharaoh knows. Okay, and then how did God harden Pharaoh's heart? How did God harden Pharaoh's heart? Now, God basically simply um, revealed himself. He revealed his power. He revealed his supremacy and love for his people through the signs and wonders of the plagues. It was the revelation of God that hardened Pharaoh's heart. Yeah, Someone said this, The same sun that melts the wax can harden the clay. Yeah, I agree with, with him. You know? And if you remember last year, in one of our John, uh, uh, Gospel John sermon series, I preached from chapter 8 verse 45 where Jesus said, but because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. He's talking about the Pharisees, the Jews at, uh, at that time who were in disbelief. They hardened their heart because Jesus spoke the truth. So we come back to the uh, old and familiar issue of unbelief. The primary reason for a hard and unbelieving heart is not God. Yeah? The cause of a heart stubborn and angry heart is a corrupted heart that rejects the truth a heart that rejects god's sovereignty and lordship that's the condition of pharaoh's heart so church throughout these 10 plagues whenever we come across the verses that, that says god hardened pharaoh's heart it means god is actively revealing his power and glory to pharaoh through the miracles and wonders and when we read the verse that when we read the verse that says that pharaoh hardened his heart it basically shows pharaoh's response to god's power and glory are you guys following me all right so let's get into the two plagues now water turned into blood and frogs what's the connection between those two plagues 
As I mentioned earlier, the 10 plagues not only decimated Egypt, both physically and economically, but more importantly, they decimated them spiritually. That plagues really, you know, uh, uh, attacked the gods of Egypt, you know. So the ancient Egyptian, those days, they worshipped many gods and built many idols. Two of them are this god called Hapi and Heket. Hapi and Heket. So who's Hapi? Why did Pharaoh and the Egyptian worship uh, Hapi? Now, Hapi was the god of the annual flooding of the Nile. Yeah. What happened was uh, every year there was a flood, right? Then this flood will uh, deposit rich fertile soil on the river's banks and allowing the Egyptians to grow crops. And Hapi also called god of the Nile and also called uh, known as the spirit of the Nile. So Hapi was greatly celebrated among the Egyptian. You know, he is seen as source of life. Egypt, as we know, uh, there was, uh, Egypt was surrounded by desert, barren land. And for the Egyptian, it is Hapi, God Hapi, who give life to the desert and the people living in it. Yeah. Now, so Hapi is like a living water to, to, to them. Now, how about Hecate? Now, Hecate was a goddess of childbirth and fertility in ancient Egypt. She was depicted as a frog or a woman with the head of a frog. Now for the ancient Egyptian, frog symbolizes fruitfulness and new life. And for Egyptian, frogs is a sacred animal. They cannot kill them, right? So you can see the connection between Hapi, the god of Nile that bring life to the Egyptians, and Hecate, the frog-head goddess that symbolizes fruitfulness and new life. Now, the first plague where uh, God turned water into blood, Now, it was targeted towards the, the Egyptian god Hapi. God's power in turning water into blood was not only you know, uh, changes the, 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 the color of the river Nile, but also changes the substance. Yeah, killing all the fish, which meant that they could not drink from it. Yeah, the Egyptian pharaoh cannot drink from it. And as you can imagine, it had stink to it as well. So through the first plague, the Lord is telling Pharaoh and the Egyptian, I am the living water. I am the living water, not happy. I am the living water that will refresh all your thirst and dry parts of your life. Yeah. The turning of water to blood is not just an illusion. You know, it, it, uh, the, like I mentioned, it's changed in the appearance, changed in the essence. What has become God, a living water for Pharaoh and the Egyptians, has now become contaminated, undrinkable. In fact, it has become a poison. You know, as we can uh, see just now in verse 19, 20, and 21. It was mentioned that even the uh, blood all over the land of Egypt, in the river, canals, ponds, in their water reservoir, you know, even in the wooden and stone containers, everything turned into blood. Yeah, not only the main source, but also the water in the reservoir and storage turned into blood. Right? This is not natural causes. It's God's act. It's God manifest, manifesting His power to Pharaoh and the Egyptian. Now, how do you explain the water in containers turning to blood? This is the act of God. Yeah? yeah, this is the act of God. 
for the pharaohs and the Egyptian, the, the river Nile was their living water. If we dig more, you know, if we dig more, if we, 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 we look into our modern, modern uh, world today, or more specifically, if we look into our modern Christianity world nowadays, yeah, we are actually no different from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. Yeah. We have our own living water, our own living water, our own version, not God, huh? our own living water, our own uh, Nile River. Yeah. Yeah, a man-made Nile River that we eventually worship as one of our idols uh, in our life. Yeah. Now, this, uh, this man-made living water or Nile River can be in many forms. Church can be in many forms. Now, it can be uh, our savings, our career, our business, you know, it can be in man, which is human being, you know, like parents, our bosses, our spouse, some, some, some VIPs, VVIPs, you know, some YBs. It can be our religion, okay, or other things that quench the thirst in our souls, yeah, we, that we think that, wow, we need this to quench our, the thirst in our souls. Just like how the Egyptian worship happy the river Nile, we worship, we idolize our own living water. We abandon God, the one and only true living water, and committed double evil. Pastor, what's double evil? Thanks for asking. Now, in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13 to 14. Now, this is the word of God to the prophet Jeremiah regarding the people of Israel. Okay? For my people have committed a double evil. They have abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and dug cisterns for themselves, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. That's also what the Egyptian did. Am I right? They dig their, their, their own uh, well. You know, in verse 24, all the Egyptians dug around the Nile for water to drink because they could not drink the water from the river. Now, instead of submitting themselves to God's power, they look around for another source of water. You know, even the water stored in wood, you know, if, as, as we read further, even the water stored in wood and stone container turn into blood. What does this tell us? It means every part of our life is accessible to God. Setiap bagian hidup kita dapat dijangkau, dapat diakses oleh Tuhan. Yeah? Nothing is beyond God's reach. Nothing is beyond God's reach. He has access to your secret, he has access to your wealth, your career, whatever source of income that you have, he has access to it. Whatever has, has become your living water, he has access to it. God is the true living water. Church, God is the true living water. You and I, we need him in every part of our life. Not only in spiritual life, but in everything. Yeah? Our finance, our career, you know, again, you know. Uh, in, in everything that is that, that is important to us you know god is our living water not those things yeah if god is not your living water whatever things connected to your nile river your living water will eventually die just like the fish die yeah so do you have the true living water in your life let's fast forward to the new testament right in the gospel of john Jesus introduced himself as the living water, a living water that will never run dry, a living water that will never be contaminated, a living water that makes you thirsty no more. That's our Jesus. Do you have Jesus, the living water in your life? Now, if you don't, 
today is the best time for you to commit yourself to Jesus and receive that living water and drink from that living water. Amen. Yeah. Turning water into blood is God revealing himself to Pharaoh and the Egyptians and all of us today telling that he is the true living water. Amen. Now, through the second plague, God is displaying his dominion over the fertility god, Hecate. God is saying to Pharaoh, uh, uh, the Egyptian and all of us today, that he's saying that I am the Lord. I give life. I give life. In chapter 8, verse 2, but if you refuse to let them go, and this God says, Okay. If you refuse to let them go, then I will plague all your territory with frogs. The Nile will swarm with frogs. They will come up and go into your palace, into your bedroom, and into your bed, into the houses of your officials and your people, and into your ovens and kneading bowls. The frog will come up on you, your people, and all your officials. Now, by disturbing the natural order, God showed that He is master over every aspect every living things in this world yeah for the egyptian Hecate is the goddess of fertility and life bearer the goddess of creation and midwifery Hecate is actually a good luck a good luck charm to increase the fertility of the people you know uh, as i mentioned just now uh, it there, there is an annual flooding happening in in in, in the river nile um, every year so the frogs would grow in the muddy waters left behind by receding waves therefore they become known as uh, as, as, as symbols of abundance yeah besides that the frog in ancient egypt also uh, a symbol for the number hafnu which meant either 100000 or simply an immense Number wow, sangat banyak number number yang sangat banyak. So by plaguing the whole Egypt with frog, God is showing His power over the God of Egypt. He multiplied them, sending them out of the Nile River in millions and cover the whole Egypt. Our modern world today is not much different than than the ancient Egypt, right? Now, probably some of you are familiar with this. Feng Shui money frog. Now, according to Feng Shui, a money frog is one of the most powerful objects that helps attract prosperity and belief to protect uh, people against any misfortunes. Now, this is the life that the world wants, you know, fruitfulness, prosperity, you know, no misfortunes, everything untung, 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 you know, money, 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 money. And, and for the world, that's life. Now, but for us believers, especially for us Christians, we know that 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 you know uh, feng shui bunny frog that is like outward display of idolatry. Terang terang itu perihal berhala, you know. God will judge those people, you know. But you know what? We Christians also have our own lucky charm. We Christian, we have our own hacket idols that we believe can bring uh, can can be the source of life the source of success and fruitfulness in our life besides God. Yeah, we do have. We do have. Yeah, an idol that many will believe that will give them life and fruitfulness. I'll give you an example. Money, hobbies, work, holiday, ministry, people, and other things that you feel that will give life fulfillment to you. Other than God. That, my friend, is your hacker. 
Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Money, hobbies, you know, work, holiday, all these are important. You know, I I, I like holiday. You know, I, I got I got my own hobbies. You know, yeah. But you know, I want you to know that these things they are for us to enjoy. But the moment when you say that. I must have this amount of money. Only then I will have life. That's life. I must have this this kind of success. That is life. I must have these things. I must this have this house. That's life. You know, when I achieve these grades, that's life. When I do this ministry and people invite me, that's life. You know, when I travel here and there, you know, to this specific place where no, no, nobody ever ever been there, that's life. You now such thoughts will turn us into idolaters. Ya, kita akan menjadi penyembah berhala bila kita berfikir hal seperti itu. Ya. When things or people other than God become the life giver to us, they will become idols that will take over our lives and will leave us in a worse situation than before. You know, I have seen a lot of Christian losing their soul to money, losing their soul to their job, losing their soul to their hobbies, career, their dreams. And slowly, their spiritual condition get worse and worse. Sooner or later, what's happening in their spiritual life will be manifested outside. That's when you will see these people will be uh, will be overwhelmed by their own idols. Yeah, their idols invading their life, even into places that are personal to them. You know, just like in 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 in, in uh, chapter eight, verse three, the Nile will swarm with frogs. They will come up and go into your palace into your bedroom and on your bed into the houses of your officials and your people and into your ovens and kneading bowls the frog will come up on you your people and all your officials now what does this mean this gives us a glimpse into the lives of people who are dominated by their idols they have no control over their lives now do you know that the Egyptian can kill frog yeah So there's because frog is a second animal, okay? The frog symbolizes their gods. So can you imagine when there's a frog all over the place, they can't do anything about it instead of, you know, they can just only drive the frogs out of their homes, you know, out of the kitchen, out of their palace, you know. What used to give life to them are now becoming the things that pull uh, that pulls the life out of them. Yeah. God is telling Pharaoh and the Egyptian You guys are looking for life and fruitfulness from the wrong God. And God is telling us today, if there is hackett in our life, yeah, repent. We are looking at the wrong God. Come to God. He gives life. In Acts chapter 17 verse 24 to 25, the God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. He himself gives, gives everyone life and breath and all things. Now, if I'm Pharaoh, yeah, I would definitely repent and surrender to God on the first day of the plague. You know, seriously, yeah. When the water turned into blood, but you know, uh, as we can see, Pharaoh hardened his heart. He refused to submit to the power of our God. Now, up to this point, it's pretty clear to us that the lesson behind this plague is actually relevant for uh, us today. 
Betul tidak? You know, for some of you, I know God is talking to you right now. He's calling you to repent. This plague, you know that He is the Lord. Yeah, from this plague, you know that there is hacked, there is happy in your life. Yeah, what is your response to the manifestation of God's power in your life? What is your response? Yeah, are you going to be like Pharaoh? Are you going to harden your heart? Are you going to look for magicians or people who, who can do tricks imitating the word of God, the work of God, and continue living in your idolatry? Or are you going to humble yourself before God? You know, God will always graciously offer us chances to turn back. But sometimes a person, you know, they can be so stubborn, stiff-necked, you know, they cement themselves in a, de in a destruct uh, destructive path and reach a point of no return. You know, God can and sometimes He will allow our evil to destroy us. This is scary. Yeah? We can choose to harden our hearts to the power of God, but we cannot choose the consequences of our choices. You can't choose the consequences of your choices. Yeah, but the good news is, church, but the good news is, you are still alive today, and today is the best time for you to repent and return to God. Allow Jesus to reveal the idols in your heart. Crush them in the name of Jesus right now, this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God is revealing himself to us, each, uh, each of us, every single day. Now, these two plagues, and the other eight plagues happen so that we know that He is the Lord. Wherever you are, I want to pray for you right now. All right, let's let's you know just bow our head together, close our eyes. Hallelujah. If you say this morning, God, I want to submit my whole life, every part of my life, under Your Lordship. If that's your prayer, even if you realize that you know there is. A happy there is hacked in your life and you say God I want to commit my life recommit my life I want to submit my life to you wherever you are right now lift your right hand right now and wherever you are I want to pray for you hallelujah hallelujah thank you Jesus hallelujah come on allow the Holy Spirit to stir your heart right now thank you Jesus hallelujah Father God, right now, I want to pray for your people, those who have lifted their hands as they surrender their life to you. They confess that there are things in their lives that have become idols. You know, they are, uh, they are hacked, they are happy in their life. Idols that have taken your place in their lives. Some may have suffered for a long time because of these idols. Some may have realized today that they have been having idols in their lives apart from you, Jesus. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, at this moment, right, right now, I tear down every idol in the life of your people right now, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, I break the shackles that has been binding your children for many years. In Jesus' name, 
be free in jesus name your people are free right now in jesus name in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah come on church receive that healing receive that freedom in jesus name claim it in jesus name hallelujah lord i pray may your word today lord father god be planted in our hearts and bear fruit lord i pray that may your word today will encourage your people to draw closer to you and want to have personal relationship with you hallelujah hallelujah thank you jesus thank you lord come on church let us sing these songs together before we end our service hallelujah Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So, church, we come to uh, the end of our service. Go into your week. Serve God wherever you are. Delight in the life God has given you. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you His favor and give you His peace. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go both now and forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name and all God's people say, Amen, Amen, Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, thank you for joining us this morning. Have a blessed weekend. Have a great rest day. And see you next week. Tuhan memberkati. Thank you for tuning in to live podcast we hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends family member and co-worker we hope you have a great day god bless you